Star Trek, our favorite frontier. These are the podcasts of Aaron and Polly, their ongoing mission to explore all things Trek, to seek out cool things and pick them apart, to boldly complain as no one's complained before. This is Paul. And welcome back to the second half of season one of Star Trek Discovery. We're right here with, you know, just it, 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 we just both finished watching it here on Sunday night, uh, Despite Yourself, uh, directed by Jonathan Frakes, you know, or as I like to call him, William Frakes. Um, <laughs> uh, it, uh, it, uh, I mean, we are like, Paul, I am, I am, I am overwhelmed by the show. I, I am, I'm a little tongue tied. Uh, well, before we get into it, let's just say if you are hopping back in to listen to our show, uh, you know, please be aware that we did record a couple of episodes during the hiatus. We talked about new Star Trek comic books. We talked about the Quentin Tarantino Star Trek involvement. We talked about a number of things. So there are a couple of episodes right here on that feed that you should check out before you uh, hop right into this episode, or just go right in and then listen to them after. I don't really care the order you listen to them in, but listen to them. <laughs> That's right. That's right. They're they're all there for you expressing our deep and abiding love for Star Trek and things that we like to complain about. So Exactly. Yeah. So good. well, you know, since since you're a little tongue-tied, let's give you a couple of minutes to really gather <laughs> your thoughts. And, okay. And and let's talk about this Star Trek mission crate thing that's going around. So, so, you know, everybody's got their own crate, right? You know, yep. it all started off with Loot Crate and then, you know, Marvel started doing their thing and everyone's got their own crate now. So, of course, Star Trek came out with its own mission crate, which was going to be, I believe, an every other month uh, sort of uh, a prize package. And I got in on it. I was excited to, to see oh, that okay. uh, there was going to there was going to be a figure in it. There was going to be a board theme for the initial crate. And so, yeah, you know, I, I had uh, gotten out of Loot Crate because I found that I was getting a bunch of stuff that I just wasn't interested in. And uh, so, you know, I, I signed up for, for Mission Crate and the first crate was due out in December. So uh, prior to us um, uh Make it actually uh, right as the the winter break hit uh, from Star Trek Discovery. I get a box in the mail, mm-hmm. and it is a little black box. And I'm I'm holding it close to the microphone so that y'all can hear the box. <laughs> and I was the first thing that I was a little surprised about is that instead of saying Star Trek Mission Crate on the box, it says Loot Anime. Huh. And and I was I was like, you know, I am not an anime guy at by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, the only the only loot box I'm, I'm expecting is the mission crate. So I was kind of you know perplexed by this. So I opened it up and again, I'm opening it so you can hear it. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, there is some black tissue paper on top. There's the paper. <laughs> and when you open it up. 
And keep in mind, there's supposed to be something like $50, $60 worth of stuff in the mission crate, and it's supposed to have a Borg theme. So the first thing that I that I that I note in the crate is a pair of Star Trek dress dress socks with little Starship Enterprises on them. Okay. So well, that's cool. I'll wear that. Yeah, there's some socks. All right. Then there is a miniature, um, and I haven't opened it up, but I believe it's a decal. I, I looked this up online, uh, but it's in a, in a nice little you know uh, you know plastic case or a plastic envelope and it is the i believe the dedication plaque for uh the uss enterprise 1701d right so the next generation ship and that there that's in there uh there is a uh loot pin which has got the you know uh vulcan hand signal you know uh, up in greeting live long and prosper right and so that's a little pin and there is a, an air freshener that you would hang from the mirror of your car, also in the in the, the uh, design of a Vulcan salute. And then the last item in this uh, uh, box is a comic book. It's the IDW Star Trek: The Next Generation Mirror Broken uh, Origin of Data, right in that in that uh, Mirror Universe story. Um, so. As I contemplated what came in the box, and that, by the way, that's it. No, nothing else. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh So as I contemplated what came in the box, I'm like, you know, this isn't $50, $60 worth of stuff. Um, It's, you know, in the, the, you know, solicitation for the mission crate, there was, you know, it showed the actual exterior of the Star Trek mission crate box. You know, it didn't say that it was going to come in a loot anime box. So I start getting... Really upset. <laughs> I mean, like, like, oh my god! I mean, you know, those of you who who listen to the Funny Book Show know that you know I have some rage to go around. Yeah, and uh, particularly uh, during the the holiday periods. So, I mean, I was I was really starting to stew. Well, I went online to find out that they were delayed in the for you know whatever items were supposed to go in the box. So instead of letting the month go by when they had committed to release a box. They sent a bonus box. So this is all bonus material, not, you know, apparently not taking away from what's going to be in the standard mission crate box. Okay. Okay. So they sent someone to the Dollar Tree, said, grab everything (laughs) that has a Star Wars on the label and throw it in this box. You know, for the, for the few months that I did loot crate, um, at least two of these items were in those boxes. So I feel like these were the extras that they had that were Star Trek related. They're very likely. Uh, they're in the loot crate offices. It was, it was kind of like our ideology of madness surprise closet, right? I mean, <laughs> it's, what do we got? You know, send that to them. But I, what I think, what I think is awesome is that they didn't let the month go by because, you know, how many other, uh, companies do that? How many other companies just wouldn't shrug and say, sorry. We'll see you next time, right? Um, you know, because everybody got your money. Um, but you know, Loot Crate is in the business of relationships, and they they know that if they dick you over, you'll just cancel that subscription. Um, so I, I I really appreciated the fact that that they didn't let the month go by. The thing that I marvel at is that they didn't just put a letter in there to explain it. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I, you know that, and uh, quite frankly, isn't this the first one? Yes. So the first one is delayed. That's not a good start. It's not a good start, but I know. But I, if I understand correctly, it's a custom exclusive figure that they're putting in the box. 
Uh, and I think that got delayed. And I'm sure that somebody I'm sure that somebody got in trouble for that there at Loot Crate Central. But uh, I, 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 I understand that sometimes these kinds of things happen. What I appreciate is that they they tried to make it right by sending you something. Right. Yeah. Um, the thing that would have sucked is if that was your Christmas present to somebody. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. going to gift that guy a uh, a uh, mission crate box and then they get this. That would have sucked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that would have sucked. But anyway, I just thought I'd talk about that. We'll talk more about it. In fact, I'll probably do a, a video unboxing what? as opposed to an audio unboxing when the actual mission crate comes out. A video unboxing. That's crazy talk, right? Aaron. I know. You know, and it'll be different because it won't be shoes. So, uh, you know, because I, I know that, uh, you know, I, the biggest hits we get are when Paul unboxes a new set of running shoes. <laughs> that happened once. <laughs> <laughs> Look, everybody, Paul's got some new shoes. They were comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Paul, for letting me get the opportunity to warm up. So that I can find my words again. All right. Thank so, you. so are you, are your words prepared to talk about this week's episode of Star Trek Discovery, the the second half of the season premiere, um, despite yourself, directed by Jonathan Frey or William or William or William or William, uh-huh. yeah. his perhaps his mirror universe brother <laughs> mm-hmm. could be could be William Frakes. I. I got to tell you, first thing, let's talk about the experience. Um, I think I I I mentioned on our last episode that I was upgrading to the commercial free. Yes. Which I did. But at the same time, CBS All Access is now available through channels on Amazon Prime. So you can't – instead of, you know, uh, streaming through the app on your iPad or, you know, casting it through your Chromecast or something, you can actually watch it through whatever – however you're accessing Amazon Prime, right? So uh, I did that. I I got my channel subscription through Amazon Prime. So I'm still paying the same $9.99. But I get to use my actual TV remote to pause, fast forward, and all that other kind of stuff because my Amazon Prime is is uh, built into my TV. So a much, much improved experience. Much improved because it's commercial free. And so I did a rewatch of uh, the uh, uh, Into the Forest I Go, which was episode nine. I did a rewatch of that the other night. Uh, much improved experience. I got to tell you, I, I like <laughs> I like uh, Star Trek Discovery a lot better without commercials and without the you know I described previously the what seemed to be a server pause as it shifted between running the commercial versus running the episode seamless on the uh, uh, episode on the commercial free piece. Uh, so big thumbs up. Well, much on the, better experience. I, well, that's good. That's good. Because on the flip side, I did not upgrade my experience because, quite frankly, the only reason I have CBS All Access is for Star Trek Discovery. And I will cancel my subscription after the season is completed. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll just get it again when it comes back. Um, right. I got to say that the first the first commercial break because of um, whatever, a server pause or whatever, mm-hmm. there were there were, I think, three or four commercials. It took a good Five to seven minutes to get through those. I'm sure commercials because there were yeah. so many pauses in them, and I'm like, it's not my internet because the episode runs fine. Right. Um, now, thankfully, that was the only commercial break that that happened in. But that first commercial break, I was ready to say, Aaron, I don't think we can do this tonight because I, I don't right. know that I, I don't know that this commercial break will ever end. 
Yeah. And I have, I've had that experience on the, on the commercial side of it, uh, where it was just like, come on. And it, I don't know if it was just too many people accessing the service at the same time. Cause you know, the episode dropped at 7 PM central. It was supposed to drop at seven 30 from what I had read, but it dropped at seven central. And I, I just, I think that it's, it, the servers are just choked by people trying to access the, the, uh, the the service which i get but yeah. i mean the episode was fine it was just the mm-hmm. damn commercial so well and, but but i think they're i think those operate on two different platforms i would agree. I, I the way that it, it switches it feels like you know it's like okay flip into this server now kicking back to the other yeah um there seems to be some kind of switching going on there and you know just from my experience it was just so painful to watch when i wanted to watch it and you know that's the thing about streaming is you should be able to stream it whenever the f you want to watch it right whenever Uh, the f i want to watch it that's right whenever i mean that's that's the whole point of streaming streaming is about my time not your time correct um, and that I found that frustrating. So, you know, I was like, you know, for $3 more, I'm going commercial free. And I, and I, and I think it's improved my experience. I, I truly do. I think that it's $3 well spent. I mean, it certainly sounds like it has. Yeah. So this week, you know, despite yourself, it ha- has premiered. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we, we had mentioned uh, on our previous episode that we expected big things from this episode. And I think that... A number of big things happened. Yeah, I I, I will tell you that I am uh, not dissatisfied uh, by this episode. I think that the hype, I think the episode lived up to the hype. I think that uh, this episode did a number of things, uh, and I think it did a number of them well. Uh, I, I was I was uh, there was even an oh shit moment in this for me, Paul. Yes. <laughs> and uh, by the way. Spoilers. Yeah, big, big, uh, yeah. big, 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 big ass spoilers. Yeah, yeah red alert. What? Spoilers. What? Spoilers have what? been identified within the system. <laughs> Shields up, because uh, we're 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 about to uh, to spoil the, the hell out of this episode. But uh, you know, the episode picks up just like right the moment the the credits rolled on episode nine. Episode ten picks up. Yes. You know, and, and that's refreshing. I was I was glad to see we we didn't start somewhere else and we were going to have to figure out what in the world was going on. No, no, we're still trying to figure out what in the world was going on. But we picked up right from the end of the last episode. I That, that, that was nice. That they didn't play some games there. You know, they didn't they didn't try to hide our cheese, Paul. No, no. The cheese was not hidden. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I will say, you know, we open up, you know, Lorca's like, where the hell are we? I felt particularly when I did the rewatch that Lorca sabotaged the jump that he punched something on the arm of his chair. And it felt like he was looking, you know, we had seen that data earlier in episode nine of all the alternate universes that they had cataloged. Right. And it looked Mm -hmm. like he was choosing one to me. It looked like he said, that's the one I want, but he feels very genuine when he's asking, where in the world are we? He seemed very genuine throughout the episode. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, I felt like he sabotaged the jump because he didn't want to go back to Starbase and get his command taken away from him, which is what the Admiral had threatened uh, several episodes back before she was captured by the Klingons. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I was I was I was startled by that. And so I'm, I'm, I'm starting to question what it was I saw. 
you know, was he just kind of looking at the data and that, that the, the data that he punched on his arm, arm, armchair had no effect on the jump. It just seemed like those two things coincided. Absolutely. And I think that was the intention. Yeah. So, so I don't know, Paul. I mean, I, I think he had something to do with it. I still think he had something to do with it. I, I do too. I do too. I, uh, I, you know, but he seems, so if he, if he selected something, I feel like he selected, he, so he, he was either just randomly choosing something and was like, well, I didn't think it would take us into something like this or, uh, you know, he, you know, he meant to go somewhere else and, you know, wasn't expecting to wind up in spoilers, the mirror universe, right? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. But before we jump into mirror universe, let's talk about, uh, Lieutenant Taylor. Tyler. That was, uh, oh, you're right. It's Taylor. It's Tyler. Um, Lieutenant Tyler, who, you know, I was saying before the midwinter break that, uh, I didn't think he was Vok, right? I didn't think that, that he was a Klingon double agent, but boy, he sure does look like a lot like a like a surgically altered Klingon double agent. I mean, I think they pretty much confirmed in this episode that Tyler is, in fact, Vok. Yeah. Or if not Vok. No, Tyler has to be Vok because he, he has, he's got to be Vok. Yeah, he's got to be Vok. I, I, you know, he's not yeah. someone working for Vok. Tyler is, in fact, Vok. Um, yeah. You know, they, they, they pretty much confirmed that all his bone structure had been changed um, to make him look human. You know, his organs had been surgically altered. Um, and that his, basically his, uh, his personality had been implanted. The personality of Tyler had been implanted, replaced his original personality. He has trigger words that, that cause him to, uh, to do bad things. So yes, he, he I, he is in fact Vok. I think that was 100% confirmed in this episode, which is good and bad, right? Uh, you know, we felt that at some point that that was going to be a cheat based on Tyler's personality. Right, um, that Tyler's personality was too human um, in order for him to be Vok, but I think they they got around that uh, successfully with the explanation of this episode. I felt that way. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm willing to let it go, but it, there, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop into canon. <laughs> the the organ structure of a of a Klingon, as established in Next Generation, is very different from a human's. There's a lot of redundancy, so in order for them to successfully make a a uh, Klingon seem as a human, you know, with a scan, not just externally, but, you know, all those scans, you would have to, like, remove a lot of stuff. Well, not right? only that, you know, he does have, Tyler has red blood and Klingons right. don't. Hey, that was my next point, is that Klingons have, have uh, pink blood, as we saw in Star Trek VI. So I, I just... I have a hard time that that you could convincingly change somebody so much that you know in a highly detailed medical scan would still show up as a, as a human being. But I'm going to let that go for now. I'm going to let that go. It's gone, Paul. I've released it. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe there was a. I don't know if it's lazy storytelling. I know we say this. I don't know if it's lazy storytelling or just rewriting. Uh, probably a bit of both yeah. uh, in, in regards to to. I think they, they explained it as much as they're going to explain it. They're not going to explain why his blood's red. They're not going to explain a number of things. I think we have gotten our explanation as to why Vok looks like Tyler and acts like Tyler. Um, and the biggest shock of the episode for me. The holy shit moment, you mean? The holy shit moment of Star Trek yeah. Discovery, episode uh -huh. 10? 10? Episode 10. Despite yourself, is that Tyler kills Dr. Culber. And, you know, I'd like to point out that they have – it seems to me like over the last week they've really 
done a lot of promotion around that relationship between, you know, Stamets and the doctor. Yeah. And, you know, you know, the groundbreaking uh, uh, homosexual relationship on Star Trek Discovery, yada, yada. I mean, they're, they're, they're on the cover of Attitude magazine. Uh, I mean, just all this all this press that we've seen. And I've, I've seen a ton of online stuff this week. Uh, and then for them to kill the doctor. And I mean, the, do- the, the doctor is talking to him and he says, you know, I am, I've done these scans and, uh, you know, I, I'm seeing that, that, the, the, the Klingons like essentially crushed your bones and they, they surgically altered your organs and, you know, and, and, and Tyler's like, well, but I'm fit for duty. Right. And he's like, well, no, because I'm not sure who you are. Right. When he made that diagnosis before he called Tyler down, seems like that's the kind of thing that you pick up the phone and call the, the captain. Yeah. Hey, captain, something is really wrong with Tyler. I think he might not be who he is. Seems like you'd let somebody know. You would think so. You would think. And so the, I, I feel bad that the doctor is dead, you know, and that, that Tyler just, you know, twisted his head off, essentially. <laughs> They're in the sick bay. But, uh, the fact that that he didn't call somebody when he really should have called somebody, uh, I get it almost like you know. Okay, well, that was just your dumb mistake. I feel like we're saying it's your fault, Doctor Culver. Yeah, well, I'm blaming the victim. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, victim blaming. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and I hate to say that, but it just seems like a real chowderhead mistake. And why? Why, Paul? Why isn't there a security guard in the brig with the uh, lady Klingon? Fair point for him to. What the like, hell's l- up with that? Literally take down the sh- the, the you know the. The force field or whatever. Yeah. 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 It's not like you've got Otis from Mayberry sitting in the in the cell. You know, you've got a dangerous, dangerous prisoner in there. Why in the hell isn't she, uh, you know, being watched full time? I mean, I could accept Tyler coming in going, hey, I got this. Go, go, go get a cup of coffee. Right. Yeah. But we never see that. It's just him in the dark brig with her. Yeah. Well, you know, those force fields, they are infallible. Nothing yeah, true. Yeah, except for when someone turns them off. Oh well, you know. I'm just gonna. I mean, how often does that happen? Well, apparently at least twice. Oh, well, there's that. <laughs> so yeah, major oh shit moment. But I gotta tell you, I, I I am a longtime Star Trek fan. You know, all the way back to the original series. Uh, I, I I have enjoyed most of Star Trek and all of its various iterations. Um, I giggled, Paul giggled when. They announce that they're in the mirror universe. You know, they talk about the the Terran Empire when they start decking out the ship like it is an ISS vessel. Yes, because they are going undercover to not be found out. Deep, 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 deep undercover (laughs) (laughs) with, with, you know, in this universe, Lorca is not the captain. Right. In this universe, it's Captain Tilly or her nickname in this universe. Captain Killy. Captain Killy. I would like to point out something that that I think is a is a big departure in Star Trek Discovery from other versions of Star Trek, and that's the competency of the characters. There doesn't seem to be an overwhelming amount of competency on this ship. I would agree. Um, I mean, even the people that we're we're spending a lot of time focusing on, I, I don't find Captain as much as I like Captain Lorca. I think he's an interesting character, and I love the actor. Um, I don't think he's particularly competent. I don't think that any of those. Characters are particularly competent, thus the death of the doctor, right? I mean, a competent doctor would have called the captain first. 
in yeah. my opinion. He would have realized that this is – if it was dangerous enough to say you can't go on an away mission and you probably need to be relieved of duty, it was a dangerous enough situation to pick up the phone and call the captain before you notified the patient. Um, I – Saru – has got to be the biggest bunch of wasted space in the world. He is. I mean, he the guy I, legit I, does nothing. Yeah, and I really have wanted to like Saru, but I'm having a real hard time with that. He just seems, you know, he he is so overwhelmed by his own fear in, in, through much of the the series so far. He doesn't, you know, when the, his threat ganglia goes up and he notices somebody new walks on the bridge, say something. Burnham had been there the whole time. And his, th- his threat ganglia hadn't gone up. Yeah. Tyler walks on the bridge and his threat ganglia goes up. You got to say something to somebody. Yeah. I mean, not necessarily, hey, bad man, very bad man. Just walk, you know, he, he, he shouldn't say that as Tyler comes on the bridge. Just like, hey, captain, threat ganglia. It's doing its thing. Put people on notice. That's all I'm saying. That's what they're there for. That, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's exactly what they're there for. So, yeah, that, that is one of the things that frustrates me about this show is I don't feel like folks are very competent in their jobs. Yeah. I feel like certainly Stamets was. Stamets was was uh, you know, on the bleeding edge of science, right? Mm-hmm. Um, certainly Lorca is good at his job uh, and Burnham has her talents, but I think that's it. I mean, I, I truly I don't believe that, that the rest of the, the crew is particularly competent, particularly the rest of the bridge crew. I could. Yeah, I would agree. But that said, I, I enjoyed uh, Captain Tilly in her role as Captain Killy. I, I got yeah. I got a big kick out of that about how she just kind of leaned into the role. Uh, you know, this is how you greet your returning captain. <laughs> 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 so we we find out in the mirror universe that uh, Michael Burnham is captain of the Shinzu, and uh, you know she is she is seeking to return to the, you know, ISS Shinzu quote return, uh, because it has information on, this is also when I giggled in the show, Paul, that the USS Defiant from the prime universe had wandered over into the mirror universe. And so let me help you out with, with tracking that the USS Defiant appeared in the original season episode. Oh God, I should have looked this up beforehand. It's the episode in which we meet the, uh, uh shit. Um god dang it. Anyway, it's it's the episode where the they're they're creating a cage around the enterprise because they have uh uh trespassed the, the, the these aliens are saying that the enterprise has trespassed into their space. And so they're creating the Tholian web. That's the name of the episode. It took me a second to find to, to remember the, the name of the aliens, Tholians. But they're creating this web and the enterprise is there because the USS Defiant keeps has has you know slipped in and out of space. Well, we find out in the Enterprise episode involving the same ship that USS Defiant had gone to the Mirror Universe, but in the past, right? Mm-hmm. And the the Terran Empire has captured the USS Defiant, and they're you know pulling all the information they can so that you know can help themselves in their war against uh, the the Klingons and the Vulcans and the Andorians, et cetera, as well as perhaps to wage war on, on the prime universe. So anyway, you know, they have, you know, 
uh, entered a time in which the USS Defiant is in the mirror universe. And so they're trying to find out how the Defiant came over so that they can get back to their own universe because the spore drive isn't working, Paul. The spore drive isn't working because Stamets is in sickbay and Stamets is all screwed up. Poor Stamets. Poor Stamets. So I don't know if you had that same that same uh, little squeal of delight that I did, Paul. But I, uh, I knew when they mentioned the Defiant that you would you would find joy in that. <laughs> I, um, I truly did. I truly did. You know, and given and so now I think we we have clearly established. I mean, I don't know that we've clearly established, but we have established at least. Um, perhaps that the the we are in the prime universe right i mean mm-hmm. not not now in this episode we're in the mirror universe right. but that this you know there was a lot of question as to maybe this isn't our universe the the universe that we're used to but i think i think we're we we are now being led to believe that it is right you know this makes reference to things that happened in the original series yeah and so i i, I think that we are perhaps seeing the original series we're just seeing you know a different interpretation of it and it's just something we're just gonna have to live with um well i I got to tell you, I, uh, I really dug this episode. I, I, I think it's the, I think it's the best of the bunch so far. I agree. I, I really, really did enjoy it. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it was well, and I know he had nothing to do with writing it, but you know, the Jonathan Frakes involvement in it certainly had my excitement level up and I thought it was well directed. Uh, I got to tell you, I feel like the direction was solidly on point to such a, a, a it still felt like discovery it still felt like you were in the discovery universe clearly yeah but it felt much more focused and it felt much more star trek to me um he brought he brought a clarity of vision i felt like in the direction where the camera moves were making sense mm-hmm. um where i i felt like there was a lot of stuff going on in some of those earlier episodes where i'm like what what am i even supposed to be looking at <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and I felt the 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 pan of the of the camera was very focused. I really understood what it was the director wanted me to see. I didn't feel like I was playing Where's Waldo as I have in some of the previous episodes. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really good episode. I I, I quite enjoyed Despite Yourself. Um, you know, I, I, I at this point, you're either a Star Trek, you're either into Discovery or you're not. It's not right. Watching this episode isn't going to change your mind if you didn't care for the first half of the season. Um, but it certainly does bring in the mirror universe, which all of us were looking forward to. Um, you know, that the introduction of that, it, it's been hinted at for a while now. Um, I am sorry to see Dr. Culber go. He was uh, he was actually one of my favorite characters on the show. I thought he was really interesting. Um, well, I enjoyed his seen- interaction with Stamets. He seemed like one of the few decent people on the ship. Quite frankly, yeah. <laughs> you know, Which means he had so, to go, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, Killy, watch out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I, I think we're in the Mirror Universe for at least a couple of episodes. I think, Or perhaps I the rest su- of the season. I would not surprise me that we're not there the rest of the season. It, it, it seems like too big of a setup. Um, yeah. You know, because they, they have now changed the ship over. Uh, to to be this ISS ent- or ISS Discovery, um, so I, I do think we are perhaps in the mirror universe for the rest of the season, which is only I yeah. believe four yeah. more episodes after this one, right? It was only five yeah. episodes to come back. It's it's uh, there are six episodes, ten through fifteen, ten being ex- being inclusive, so we've got five more to go. Five more to go. Yeah, and I will say one other thing, uh, one nod to previous uh, incarnations of Trek. Back in Star Trek The Motion Picture, if you'll recall when uh, Enterprise is in dry dock 
And, you know, they've got all those those glory shots where, you know, Kirk, where Scotty's taking Kirk in the in the little pod to survey the ship before they dock. And you see all of these little uh, uh, ships working on the Enterprise. Those were called worker bees. Right. Yes. And we get to see the return of the worker bee in this episode of Star Trek Discovery. And I thought that was a, that was a nice bit of inclusion from, you know, previous iterations of track. It's not something that we saw in, for instance, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager or Enterprise. But we got to see it here. So I, that, that was kind of a was kind of, oh, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that Easter egg. Yeah. Well done episode. Yeah. Well done. Well, well. Ah. Aaron's clapping. Slow clap. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for you guys listening, let us know what you thought of this week's episode, despite yourself, and what you thought of this week's episode of Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. Um, Leave us uh, a comment on this show at iomgeek.com. Hit us up on Twitter, at Ideology Madness, on Facebook, iomgeek, on Instagram, iomgeek, or give us a call on the Ideology of Madness hotline. 972-763-5903. That number, once again, is 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the air, you'll win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. And Paul, you know what else they might want to talk about? What? Our 30-day Star Trek challenge over on Instagram. What the hell is that? On Instagram, starting Monday the 8th? Is that right? Yeah, Monday the 8th. Uh, we we begin 30 days of examining our favorite things about Star Trek. So uh, we'll post an image on, on Star Trek. We'll have a little narrative on what we think is, is so wonderful about that item that we're highlighting that day. And you can tell us if you agree, if you disagree, what your, what your favorite thing is. So uh, check that out on uh, Instagram, I, at IOMGeek. Ooh, check it out. Check it out now, right now, because by the time you're listening to this, our first one is probably up. That's true. That's true. Probably. Most likely. In all all likelihood. (laughs) 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 All right, guys. Well, we'll see you back here next week for another exciting episode of Star Trek with Aaron and Polly, in which we'll be talking about Star Trek Discovery number 11. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. Star Trek with Aaron and Polly is a production of IOMGeek.com. Have a question or comment? Hailing frequencies are open at 972-763-5903. Tribble wrangling provided by... Triskelion Trays. No troublesome tribbles. Mr. Aponte's wardrobe provided courtesy of Garrick's Clothiers. Conveniently located on the promenade. 